Hey gardeners, Misty here. I feel like I'm gonna try to get this podcast next season up and going. So I'm gonna kick off with a little bit of a summer roundup update here. It's uh, Saturday, August 21st, about 3.15. And I'm out here kind of pulling some weeds. The monarch flying right by. I was watching some wasps that I haven't identified yet. Uh, just kind of forage on some of my Verbicina alternifolia. And I'm just kind of enjoying this uh, nice afternoon. You can tell that the uh, things are changing in the sky. The sun is shifting in the sky, heading back to the south. And um, slowly things, my fig, fig tree is dropping leaves. My mulberry is trying to drop leaves. Crepe myrtles looking like it wants to do the same. It's just that late summer, we're slumping towards fall and uh, it's, it's time for a new season almost. I mean, it's still hot, <laughs> it's still hot here. And uh, you know, things are, are kind of busy on that end, but I'm just trying to get uh, on top of some weeds that I let go the last couple weeks slash months out here. A lot of the, a lot of the garden, flower garden is doing well. The edible garden, not so great because there's not really a lot of edible things out there right now, but um, thought I would kind of just do a little bit of a, a rambling talk like I usually do on these kind of things and maybe give a heads up on what I expect for this coming uh, season for the podcast. So I'm going to try to open, without scissors, a box I just received from actually a couple days ago. I should have opened it, but I was planning on doing a video on YouTube. And I'm going to have to pause this for a second so I can actually open this box. Okay, so I'm back. I got that box open. I thought I'd be able to kind of rip through it, but I wasn't able to. Uh, so I have an order from Prairie Moon Nursery. They had a, they were having like a bulb sale, or yeah, a few weeks ago. And their Camassia uh, Scoides Wild Hyacinth were on sale. Let's see. Yeah, they're on sale for $4.25 a bulb, I guess 15% off, usually $6. And you know, I've never seen Camassia in the wild. There are several nice uh, prairies of them here in Texas, and I just have never seen them, but I've always admired them from the pictures I've had. And they, they do live in parts of my area, so I thought I would give them a whirl. And also because apparently they're deer resistant, so we're going to find out if that's actually true, especially because they come up in early spring before other things come up. And knowing my deer, if it, even if it says deer resistant, if it's something new and green in the spring, they're going to nibble and experiment. So I'm going to find out how, how deer resistant they actually are. But like I said, I bought five of them. I thought I would put a couple in one of my, in my woodland dish bed and, or maybe my other bed, I haven't decided. And then maybe one or two out in our right of way where it's a little more sunny and get us kind of see how things go. I also thought, okay, well, if I get five, then maybe they'll set seed and I can start them from seed next year uh, instead and kind of, you know, multiply out this uh, by that way and maybe get a little bit of a, a little grove of them established. It's an experiment and uh, we're gonna see how that goes. I actually also ordered some seeds were they having a sale? No, they weren't having a sale. I put some stuff in my cart and then they, I sat on it and they sent me a coupon for like $5 off, I think. Uh, was that it? I don't remember. I don't, 
I'm sorry. I can't remember if I actually used that coupon because I think I tried and it wouldn't work because I may have used it already once this summer. And I think they realized that. Anyway, um, where I was going with that is that I've also bought some seeds, but they are not here yet. Though they're supposed to be delivered today. I need to check. Sometimes things get slowed down at uh, my post office. As I think probably y'all are aware, post office had some issues this last year and things aren't nearly as fast as they used to be. But I did receive my Camassia. Actually, these were also something that was supposed to be delivered last Sunday by UPS. And again, shuffled to the postal service and I didn't do so great. So they arrived in, they look like they're packed, they're packed in a bag with some sort of medium. It's very like, I don't know, fine, like it looks like core and who knows what else is in this, but um, they, uh, they're, they're nice, they're nicely, nicely packed. And I'm going to open the bag here and kind of see, looks like they need to go down to about four inches and for uh, medium wet to medium dry uh, soils, full to partial sun. So I think having some in my woodland bed, if not maybe all of them, I just can't decide. I think, I think I'll try one up front uh, just for the heck of it. But they, they were supposed to, to send, um, send them and as soon as you get them, you plant them. So this is the time to plant them. I've been sitting on them for a few days, like I said, and I'm gonna try to plant them today. I'm excited to, uh, to try those out. So I'm gonna go do that and come back and uh, think about some other things I wanna talk about because I see a lot of interesting plants growing and, oh, actually I do. I have a lot of things to talk about. So I'm gonna take a little break from chit-chatting and rambling and uh, come back shortly. All right, so I have got the Camassia opened and they all look fabulous. One didn't have nearly like the roots that the others did and I'm sure that's fine it looks it looks fine and uh, I think after I've seen them they're pretty small I think I'm gonna go ahead and just plant them all in my bed and cross my fingers and hope everything uh, comes up well I have a good feeling I'm gonna have to cage them when they come up in the spring and <laughs> from the deer because I think the deer are gonna just want to chomp them so we will see and maybe if they do well, I will order some more to put in our right of way next year. So I'm gonna go plant these and come back to y'all. Okay, so got those planted. Actually spread them out a little bit more than I was intending. Again, just kind of, you know, experiment. See, see how they grow, see what happens, see what works well in the, in that bed. I'm excited. Right now I'm trying to pull a bunch of basket grass <laughs> out of these beds. Uh, my side yard beds. Mostly all around my Rissalukia fimbriata. And fimbriata has come back really well this summer after being decimated by pipeline swallowtails, which is fine. It's fine. That's what it's here for. Um, I was just surprised that we had I don't know. I swear we had three rounds of caterpillars this summer. It was kind of insane. They they decimated the Fimbriata, they decimated our Aristolokia watsonii, and it was kind of crazy. We just had, you know, 
I watched one of the, the females come and just egg bomb one day and it's like, okay, I don't know if I have enough for your babies, but we can give it a go. And then they came back. It's like, oh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you found a place to lay your eggs. Don't know that I got enough to support them, but I'll let you try. And of course, I uh, would find, you know, a chrysalis in the oddest places later on, you know, tucked up on my house, uh, found one on my son. He doesn't really play with it anymore, but one of those little tyke uh, basketball hoop things. It's on our front porch. Uh, I found one sitting up there one day. Hold on, there's a leaf up here that looks funky. Okay, it's just a leaf. Kind of look like a chrysalis from a distance. Just a leaf, anyway. Um, so yeah, they were doing all sorts of crazy uh, stuff, those pipe vine caterpillars. But thankfully, they've moved on and now <laughs> the pipe vine is growing back lush and it has set seed and I'll have a bunch of seedlings coming up that I'm gonna try to transplant, probably put some more in this main area where we have I originally planted this Fimbriata, um, but then we had some pop up in another part of the garden and I want to move some over there as well. It's kind of under some gingers I bought last year at a plant sale and I want to, I don't know, make a nice little ground cover over there and, and get that looking good, looking a little bit better. We had, I had some uh, Carolina Ruellia in that area and um, it kind of, it fades in and out doing well or not well. And it's kind of in a not well phase at the moment. So I'd like to boost that with pipe vine and really just get on top of the side yard garden. I just have a lot of empty space and I have an idea. And my one idea is a lot of daturas under the big tree. And so Dutcher we have has a bunch of seed pods right now. So think about starting some seeds, overwintering them and planting them out next next year. My husband also wants some of the more, the native, uh, I think Jimson weed as well. But I think he's having trouble finding seeds. And we would just, you know, have some interesting Dutcher varieties over here. And I don't know, figure out something that will thrive on this side of the yard. It's just not, looks so great and you know what we did have is just struggling and I'm, I'm frankly tired of looking at struggling plants and coming over here and being depressed it used to be one of my favorite parts of the garden of the yard and garden and uh, now it just looks pretty terrible a lot of the time and I know that has to do a lot with the shade that's over here it wasn't nearly as shady and our fig tree has started started doing better and so it got thicker and of course just you know made it harder for some of the things we had over here to grow so trying to adapt to that has been uh fun slash non-existent because we haven't really adapted to that uh just been kind of letting things just whatever sits here sits here and survives and you know, sometimes that's how it just goes so I guess I could also update, since we had winter storm Yuri back in February, it's, uh, you know, we had some snow on the ground and it was cold for days on end and I was worried about a lot of our plants, but 
in general, everything except for a few things came back. I think the biggest things that took a hit were, like our, our, our gardenia took a huge hit. It actually stayed bare until May. And I would, I would scratch the bark every now and then it would be green. I was like, okay, you're alive, you're alive. And finally, it would start leafing out. And my husband finally trimmed back all the dead stuff. So it looks, it looks pretty dumb right now. And I think it's looked dumb for a while, but it's coming back from the base and it's coming back from, I mean, I think it's cut probably maybe about five and a half feet. There's a couple parts that look a little bit taller than that. Uh, but the parts that are cut back have leaves on them. It did not bloom this year, which was sad because I always look forward to that in May. And, um, you know, I think it was just like, okay, I need to survive. I don't think I need to bloom this time. So no blooms this time. Maybe we'll be lucky enough next year to get some blooms, but we'll, we'll, we'll see on that. And that was probably one of the biggest uh, setbacks. My Brugmansias all came back. No big deal. Even the one I have, I planted a cutting down kind of towards our pond a few years, well, goodness, eight, nine years ago. I've been in this house almost 10 years and even it did well and it's kind of unprotected out there and it's back. It never gets as big as the others in the, the garden because I don't have, it doesn't have irrigation. And so, uh, yeah, it's, but it came back and did great. What really took a hit was some of the stuff in our cactus dry bed. Uh, aloes, I think there was an agave too. Things that can handle cold, but not wet cold. And I did not like wet cold and I did not like that. So we definitely lost some things in that bed. I'm trying to think of what, if I lost anything else in our other bed. There was, there was actually stuff in the edible garden I thought was gonna survive, but it ended up getting uh, I almost wonder if it got like sunburned after I took the pots off because there was still snow on the ground and it was sunny. So I kind of wonder if that had some issues. So things looked good for like a week and then it just went downhill. So, and those was, that was my broccoli or cauliflower, one of those. And the big the collards came back, my kale did fine. Even like calendula that I thought was dead ended up being okay. My oregano, which was again a plant mound for you know an eight-year-old plant mound or long, longer, it it died and it has it, it survived <laughs> floods out there and all sorts of stuff and it just did not did not handle that. Of course, I did not cover that either. And the chives next to it took a hit, but then they're back to normal. They look great now. So. You know, edible garden, I just consider that a loss. I didn't really care, but I was definitely worried about all of our perennials and that stuff in the flower garden. Our citrus, the ones that we covered in the backyard did really well because I think, I don't know if there's any lemons out in that area anymore. We have a lemon up front and the lemons are less hardy than our oranges and the lemon took a hit and it was bigger and it was a little bit harder to cover and it took a hit. So it kind of dropped some leaves. We had to cut it back, but it's, it's thriving again. It's got some giant swallowtail caterpillars on it now and it looks great. Uh, again, though, you know, in 10 years we get this again or two years from now, if we get this again, 
you know, I don't know how, how well things will go with us covering and, and dealing with that. And you know, obviously part of that was the power going off. So we didn't really have way to heat stuff until we turned the generator on and, you know, it was just a chaotic mess. Um, so I think that is that on that end. Everything it mostly did pretty well. I, I've been pleasantly surprised to see what came back and what didn't. Uh, then we had a that hailstorm, so a few things kind of got beat up by that. And but things have 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 thrived and done pretty well. Now around town, uh, most there's palms and palm trees have definitely taken hit. There's some that have not been taken down yet. I'm kind of wondering how long they're going to leave them up before they landscapers come around and take those off. But uh, general, I've been impressed with how things fared. Now, I don't know how things fared further north of us, but in general, like, you know, it got a little bit colder in Dallas-Fort Worth and some areas west of us, but in general, I mean, once you're under <laughs> 10 degrees, I mean, in an area that doesn't really do that ever, hardly often, uh, it's just all, all plants for themselves. <clears throat> all right, I'm gonna take a break and gather some more thoughts up and get back again shortly. So it is about a week later from everything I recorded earlier and I never got back out to record again. Frankly, just the week got away from me. And it's a Sunday, August 29th and Hurricane Ida is making landfall or did make landfall in Southeast Louisiana uh, earlier today and boy, <laughs> Houston uh, skated by that one, um, especially back like Wednesday, Thursday, there were some predictions it was going to come to the upper Texas coast and, uh, you know, it quickly turned around late Thursday and Friday uh, with all those projections saying Louisiana. So very, very um, worried for everybody over there. I know quite a few people in Louisiana, in the New Orleans, Baton Rouge area. Um, I, I happen to know... Um, adjacently from uh, my boss her family is from uh not too far from where the eye is going over right now so uh there's gonna be a lot of impacts to to so many people and um yeah we just had to whether you're battling dealing with fires out west hurricanes um insane heat in some areas uh, that you've never dealt with before I think we're all feeling the effects of a warming climate and changing weather patterns and, um, and of course it all affects our gardens and how we garden and adapting that way and you know knock on wood I think uh, we have another just few weeks left of real prime hurricane season for Texas Florida kind of has to watch for a little bit longer but uh, if we can get to the end of September and our first cool fronts kind of coming through, we'll be uh, hopefully pretty good. But it's always, you know, this this end of the year is always the, the hardest part. And uh, <laughs> my son's birthday is the first of September, uh, first week. And I remember, you know, being pregnant and being totally worried that <laughs> there's going to be a hurricane when he was born. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. But, um, you know, with Harvey, it happened the week before. And you know, things were altered. So it's just a really rough season this late August, early September. Uh, things heat up down here on the Gulf Coast. And as for the garden, things are, you know, progressing. I'm looking out here, the 
frostweed is really blooming now, and it wasn't doing so much of that a week ago. The verbicina alternifolia, the wing stem is just a crazy host for, I've got a bunch of wasps and bees on it. And I love seeing that uh, the plant. I'm so glad I added that to the garden. It is, uh, it's been really good and it's kind of spread in a little area that I've wanted to spread and it's, it's doing good. Um, just need to work on some other beds and I think I'm gonna slowly transfer over to more natives in some of the other beds uh, next year or two. Oh, I do wanna talk about monarchs briefly. I raised a couple was going to raise five and ended up grabbing a sixth one uh, that was <laughs> chowing on some of our uh, native milkweeds that my husband was trying to grow out on the potting bench and so kind of moved it over. And so my husband had some milkweed, mostly swamp and aquatic milkweed growing in his beds this year and I had some tropical milkweed left over that had survived uh, the freeze. <sighs> I think, I mean, literally, I, I'm tempted to rip that milkweed out, the tropical milkweed out today. You know, I keep trying to give it the benefit of the doubt of, of being helpful to the monarchs. And so I raised, I raised those monarchs on mostly tropical. I supplemented with, have a little bit of common milkweed uh, that could supplement. My husband didn't want me touching his milkweed because it's still kind of growing out and he not all of it was, um, you know, it wasn't going to be sustain a ton of monarchs in a cage. And now there were some monarchs that did chow on it in the beds and that was fine. But, you know, obviously there's predators that can keep that population under control. Um, but uh, so I was, and my green milkweed patch is non-existent this year because a house is being built on that property. There's a couple patches that are still there, but they keep mowing it because that's what people do. They mow and instead of... <laughs> A nice milkweed patch like the grass is coming in thicker and it's just it's gone I mean the milkweed is technically still there but it's functionally gone now and there's other milkweed in the area but again people mow their ditches and it's just not accessible um, so back back to putting the tropical milkweed in the cage for the monarchs um, I have three monarch caterpillars die uh, one uh, failed to finish or even start pupation. It started um, getting in a J, getting ready for that, and I came back from work one day, and it was just stretched out, and it was it was dead. Then two other two other smaller caterpillars, uh, they just died. They were just eating on the milkweed and died. I have three chrysalises. Um, one, I'm pretty sure is dead. I'm gonna give it another day. And it looks like OE. Another one, I'm thinking it could be OE as well. And the other one could be, I'm just kind of keeping an eye because those fairly, first early stages when they're starting to turn and you could tell when they're gonna close, it's kind of sometimes hard to tell if like, okay, you're darkening because you're dead or you're darkening because <laughs> you're gonna eat close. Sometimes um, so I'm kind of giving it another day or two, but I mean, that's not a good track record. Um, and I've noticed this in the past, if you listen to some of my episodes before. Uh, and again, I, I keep wanting to, I keep wanting to do this tropical milkweed because there are some people who still support it and think it's vital. Um, 
because you know that does exist in Mexico tropical milkweed it monarchs obviously use it in other regions where it exists so why I, I don't know I, I need to I, I want to understand OE better I want to know understand what's going on um, and yes no it yes no yes no I did not cut it back this summer and you know I should have but again also I was enjoying the blooms and it was providing some nectar and if I cut it back it doesn't really do that um, but I think I'm done with tropical milkweed and I hate to I kind of hate to see it being sold in nurseries um, because I don't again I don't think I think it's detrimental to the monarchs so sad as I have to say I think tropical milkweed is gonna be out of my garden um, from here on out and we'll be trying our best to supplement and grow some native milkweeds I we got a Zyzodes milkweed a few weeks ago and I may have mentioned that in one of my ramblings already for this episode uh, but anyway we got it from the natural gardener and it's doing really great in our dry cactus bed and I think I'd like to get if it's flowering so if it can set some seed I'd like to grow it out and get some more established in there and I'd also like to establish some green milkweed in there and um, just really make that effort and you know we did make an effort this year my husband grew a ton of milkweed out um, but uh, I think I'd like to focus on getting getting some of that established in the yard better and or I'm just gonna have to make do with not having uh, a ton of milkweed for the monarchs and just whatever we have you know they're gonna have to suck it up and you know I had a ton of caterpillars all over that tropical milkweed the monarchs the monarchs love it they love it they go to it all the time I would see them go to swamp milkweed sometimes but by far they were all over the tropical milkweed so I get why people plant it because they like it and I was egg bombed like crazy over there and I don't think many of those caterpillars lived I think a lot of wasps got them for one but I I'm pretty sure they did the same thing that happened in the ones in the cage I think they died so it's all anecdotal obviously but I think my uh, tropical milkweed love is over I'd like to hear from anybody who you know has thoughts on that too if you've decided to get rid of tropical milkweed if it works for you, uh, you can just email me at thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com or uh, email me or uh, DM me over on Instagram too. So I think I'm done with all the ramblings for this first episode of the new season. And I look forward to uh, sharing uh, more episodes in the coming months and talking gardening again. I'm looking forward to sharing my love for native plants and hopefully getting y'all interested in that as well. All right, well, happy gardening, and I'll talk to y'all next time.